Emmanuel Shallot thinks that when it comes to security, convenience is the biggest factor in the choices that people make. That's why, as the co-founder and CEO of Dashlane, he has made building an easy security solution his mission. On this episode of IT Visionaries, Emmanuel explains why he believes the UX of the internet has been the biggest problem when it comes to security and how Dashlane is helping companies overcome that issue. Enjoy this episode. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com platform. This podcast is created by the team at mission.org. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, Chief Content Officer here at Mission.org. And we have on the other line, Manuel, what's going on? Lots of great things going on here in New York. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm really excited for this one. Um, you know, we, we've talked about security in the past. We've talked a little bit about passwords in the past. But uh, I am so excited about what's going on at Dashlane and, uh, and really excited to chat with you today. So uh, before we get into all of that, how did you get into technology in the first place? I got into technology many, many years ago uh, when I did a PhD in computer science. At the time, I was focused on uh, navigation algorithms for Mars exploration rovers. So somewhat a different topic, but that's when I started uh, writing code, understanding what could be done with software. And one way or another, even when I've been running more traditional businesses in the last 10, 15 years, I've always found ways to bring technology back into the business equation. So word on the street is that there was a promise that you made to the team at Dashlane about getting a tattoo. Can you share that story for, uh, for our listeners? Yes, with pleasure. So the, the, it's actually a story that has two episodes. The, the, the first one, I think, was probably in the 2013 uh, it was a stupid bet, like often happens in the circumstances where we were working towards getting to our first million users. And the team was convinced we would get there before the end of the year. And I said, no way are we going to get there. And so they challenged me to actually make a bet. And I said, well, I'll bet you we will not get to a million users by the end of the year. And if I lose the bet, I'm going to tattoo the one million on my arm. And so they said, well, okay wager accepted and we ended up actually getting to the 1 million user much earlier than I thought. So I tattooed this 1 million user on my arm um, and because I like bets, on that day I made a second bet which is I say well you know when we get to 10 million users I'll tattoo the 10, I'll get a second tattoo at that time and I we, we didn't put any time horizon to it but um, Actually, about a year and a half ago, we crossed the 10 million user line and I got a second tattoo. And of course, at that time, I made a third bet, which was that uh, when we get to 100 million users, I'll get a third tattoo. But this time, I committed to having that tattoo on a part of my body that would be visible at all times. So that's a big risk I'm taking here. You know, when people say skin in the game... They yes. don't necessarily mean physical skin in the game. I love it. I do. So what is the state of 
Dashlane today? You know, obviously you mentioned over 10 million users, which is incredible. Um, yeah, what's what's going on today? So Dashlane is a, a, a company um, whose product hit the market for the first time uh, seven and a half years ago in April 2012. And our growth has been accelerating since and has, has particularly accelerated in the last 12 months on two fronts. We, we serve the needs of our end users both at home and at work. And at first, we were only reaching these end users as a consumer company, uh, as individuals. But especially in the last two and a half, three years, we've seen an acceleration in the growth of what we call Dashlane business, the business version of our software, which is now used by uh, more than 10,000 different companies. A number of these are relatively small teams, but a growing number are actually uh, either divisions or companies of several thousand employees. And we see a massive opportunity on that front uh, as a complement to single sign-on solution. I'm happy to get into that later. Yeah, you know, when we were talking before this, you mentioned something that that I hadn't heard before, which I think is an extremely elegant way of putting it, is that, you know, security has a UX problem. Can you Can you share kind of like why you believe that's the case? Yes, absolutely. So if you think about the broad problem uh, from the perspective of the end user, whether they are at home or at work, because that's the main, uh, 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 that's actually not completely uh, uh, relevant here. The main reason why people tend to either use the same password everywhere or tend to uh, use passwords that are completely trivial as all the surveys have shown, is not because they are stupid. It's not because they don't understand the risks. It's because doing something different, doing something safer, is actually very hard because of the UX of the internet. If you do use a different password everywhere, it's just incredibly cumbersome, given how the internet works. Think about putting that in a notebook. Think about putting that in an Excel file copy-pasting it, uh, opening your notebook every time to, you have to log in somewhere. That is fundamentally a UX problem. That is not a security problem. It is a UX problem that has a security impact because people quite naturally choose the path of least resistance and do things that are easier even though they are not safer. Um, and we have to think about this problem in the broader context of what technology is about. If you think about the last five, seven, ten years, technology in general, the internet more specifically, has been largely about making our lives more convenient. We do everything using apps and using the internet today. We date, we order things, we buy food. We, there's almost no human activity that has not been optimized by technology. The paradox is in the fact that the one part of our lives that has not been optimized by technology is actually the internet itself. The way we authenticate, the way we conduct e-commerce transactions on the internet is almost the same as what it was 25 years ago when the internet started. So it's, it's this crazy paradox that the one thing that Silicon Valley forgot to optimize was the internet itself, which is why security has become a UX problem. So if you think about the situation of a company in terms of its uh, you know, cybersecurity, 
today uh, compared to what it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago, the bulk of the efforts, the bulk of the investments were focused on protecting the perimeter, spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars, buying very sophisticated equipment to prevent um, hostile actors from penetrating, from penetrating the perimeter of uh, the company. Because that's where the precious data was stored and that's where it had to be protected. With the move to the cloud, the paradigm for companies has completely changed because now if you protect the perimeter, chances are you're protecting less and less and soon you'll be protecting nothing because all of your data is not in the perimeter anymore. It has moved to the cloud and in the cloud, the only thing that protects that data are actually the credentials of your employees. So the fundamental nature of the problem has shifted, but the investment, the cybersecurity investment of many companies has not yet shifted to reflect that fundamental change. Yeah, you know, we were talking before this about the idea, you know, Amazon spends all this money to try to figure out how to reduce a click, and yet things like, you know, your authentication is extremely cumbersome. And when something's that cumbersome, users just aren't going to do it. They're just exactly. going to, like you said, use the same thing that they've always done, and that could potentially be compromised. You know, another way to illustrate this is look at the adoption rate of two-factor authentication. It is still in the you know, low single-digit numbers for most situations. And so this relates back to the fact that even though companies do care, are motivated to uh, improve their security, the weak link, which is each and every single employee, actually needs something other than security to be motivated. They need to have a benefit that is fundamentally about the thing they care about, which is convenience. Look at what's driving change of behavior in consumer in all the new technology they adopt. They do it because fundamentally they are getting a convenience benefit. It has to be the same with employees. If you want to change the credential hygiene of your employees, if you want them to adopt safer solutions, you need to deliver a benefit in terms of convenience. So what's convenient about Dashlane? The two fundamental benefits we deliver uh, for someone who is working in a company, but also for that company, are well, well or, or the, the, the two main drivers of uh, this convenience are the fact that we were born and, and our original DNA was that of a consumer product. And when you're a consumer product, you obsess constantly about removing the barriers to adoption. You have an incredible level of focus on each and every step of the funnel of your product to get people to understand how to use it, to want to use it, because your life and death as a consumer company depends on usage. Uh, consumers don't pay a product they don't use especially a freemium product. And so you have an extraordinarily strong incentive to build a product that people will love, people will be able to understand on their own, and people will want to use. When you take that skill set and apply it to a, an enterprise product, think about something like Slack. The, the tremendous success of Slack 
comes from the fact that primarily it is a product that end users want to use. And companies don't even have to push them to do that. It's actually a, a real pleasure to use it. In fact, if anything, companies have the opposite problem. They don't want their, their, their employees to spend too much time on Slack. So Yeah, no, it's a great example. Yeah, understanding that dimension of building an enterprise product that, that people love and want to use is something that is much easier for a company that started as a consumer company. The second big driver of that is the fact that all the companies that we have seen successfully deploy a product like Dashlane, one of the reasons why they have been successful is because they have encouraged their employees to use Dashlane both for their professional stuff, but also for their personal stuff. Why does that make sense for the company and why does that make sense for the employee? Well, if I take the employee perspective first, it's very simple. Think about the typical employee in any company today in front of their computer. They're going to have, you know, one tab on Salesforce, one tab on Office 365, one tab on Slack, but then their next tab in their browser is going to be on Facebook and the next one is going to be on Amazon. We all know that the reality of the workplace today is one where the border between home and work has become very fuzzy. You do some of your work at home and you do some of your personal stuff at work. That's just the reality. So if you take a user behind their computer at work, they are not thinking, okay, I'm on this tab, I need to use this product for my passwords, and then I'm going to this other tab, I'm going to use another product. It makes absolutely no sense. You're talking about solving the same problem on one site or another site, you want one product to do that. So from the perspective of the employee, it makes a lot of sense to have one single product they can use to manage the friction of the internet, to have a, a much better UX for their internet activity and to use it concurrently for home and for work. It obviously raises the questions for these employees of, okay, well, I'm using this product for home and for work, but uh, what happens the day I leave my company? And uh, does it mean that people, you know, the administrators in my IT team can see everything I do for my personal stuff? And the good news is the way we've built Dashlane, we've actually on purpose, segregated personal stuff and work stuff inside the product, you have two completely independent vaults, which helps us solve these two problems. First, because when you leave your company, you are leaving with your Dashlane account and you are keeping all of the things you put in your personal vault. But also because the administrator in your company, while you're still working at that company, has no visibility, no access, no control over the credentials that are in your personal vault. They only see what's in your work vault. So we've solved the, the privacy concern and the uh, concern of what happens when I leave my company for the employee. But there is an, an important side benefit for companies, which is that now we have built what is effectively the only solution on the market to allow companies to know when an employee is reusing a credential between home and work. And we are doing it in a way that respects the privacy of these employees, of course, by we don't tell the admin of the company, well, this employee is reusing this password between this site and this site. The only thing we do is we uh, notify the employee through the product that be careful, you're using the same password on this work stuff and this personal stuff, you should fix it. And the only thing we tell the admin and the company is, you know, this employee has some passwords that are common between work and home. You should tell them to go fix that. But the company has no visibility on what it is. So you, you get the same 
outcome in terms of hygiene without ever compromising uh, the privacy of the employee. And, the, and obviously the other benefit for the company is that the day someone leaves their job, all of the professional credentials are deprovisioned. And so they know that the person is not going to leave the company with all of the passwords for all of the accounts they were using at work. So it's extremely powerful to solve a problem that companies today have no other way to address. I absolutely love this feature. It is one of my favorite things about Dashlane. And it's so brilliantly done because this is the fear that we all have, right? Is that we have to share a password for a work thing and we can't remember if, wait, is that the password that I have on my bank account? Or like, which one was that? She's like, shoot, did I use that? And then it's like, and then you kind of have that moment where someone's like, could you just give me the password for, you know, Canva or whatever it is? And you're like, "Uh, I don't know. Let me go change that password. Hold on. Give me a second. Like that whole back and forth, I think really speaks to the consumer nature of the product because thinking through those kind of pain points for the individual person, but also to allow governance, you know, from a company perspective is like you said, it's critical going forward. Yes. And by the way, the reason why it's critical is actually quite simple to understand. Think about Two very different companies that I can use to illustrate my point. The first one is, you know, it's a a 100-person company, small business, uh, no IT team, um, no uh, sophisticated IT infrastructure, maybe not even an active directory. Um, They are not in a position where they are going to deploy a sophisticated single sign-on solution like many of the ones that are on the market, you know, Okta, Centrify, Ping Identity, they just don't have the resources and probably don't have the budget. For them, managing the passwords of the employees, the one thing they can do from an identity management standpoint that is both low cost and high impact. Now, take a completely different company, global company, 50,000 employees uh, in the US, in Europe, in, in Asia Pacific. They have a very meaningful IT team. They have a, a you know very strong security team. They obviously have deployed a single sign-on solution, and um, probably the top five, 10, 15, maybe twenty mission-critical apps that their employees are using are protected by the single sign-on solution. But in a company of that size, there are hundreds, if not thousands of cloud apps that have been deployed locally uh, by teams, you know, the marketing team in Hong Kong, the uh, sales team in France. The, and it's not just that IT does not know of these tens and tens and tens of cloud apps that Gartner called shadow IT. They don't want to know about them. There is no way with their budget and their resources, they're going to manage these hundreds and hundreds of cloud apps. But they need a solution to ensure that there is a minimum level of hygiene and compliance and that there is no uh, uh, unreasonable exposure for the company. Because the other problem about these hundreds of cloud apps that have been deployed without the company is they have no way to know what type of data is actually stored in these multiple cloud apps that these multiple teams are using. And we are way past the point where information technology in the enterprise is entirely controlled by IT. That was, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago. Today, teams, business leaders deploy uh, technology solutions autonomously without going through IT, just the reality of business. So for these IT teams, 
having a tool that can be deployed with almost no training that employees will be able to use on their own without the support of IT because it was designed primarily at first as a consumer product. But that will have a material impact on the overall security exposure of the company. It is as a complement to the SSO and the bigger the company, the more valuable or the more, yeah, the more valuable that complement is. You have been increasingly talking to more and more CIOs, you know, obviously this company, you know, spreading so quickly with users and, and kind of the, the delighting customers in that way. But now you're, you're in a lot more conversations with CIOs. You're talking to them on a regular basis. What are some of the things that you're hearing? What are some of those challenges, you know, that, that you're hearing from the front lines? So the first thing I'm hearing is a very clear acknowledgement that this notion that a lot of the technology being deployed in companies is actually done outside of the control of IT. Like I've, I've, I have yet to meet a CIO, even in very traditional companies, that does not acknowledge that, that fact. So that's the first thing. I think that the very nature of uh, IT has changed significantly in the last 10 or for sure in, in the last five years. The second thing is the fact that um, the breadth and intensity of, uh, of threats, of attack vectors, has also increased uh, dramatically simply because the systems these companies used, you know, for a lot of them outside of what traditionally was called the perimeter. And so the nature of the threats has just become... Um, yeah, much broader, much more complex to a certain. So CIOs and CISOs are looking for solutions that actually um, have a broad applicability in a world that is much more complex and much more challenging than what it was at the time where each and every resource was within the confines of something they controlled 100%. So that's the first thing I'm hearing is, wow, we have a much tougher job and there are less and less things that are directly under our control, but yet the stakes uh, have increased, the penalties for breaches have increased. Just look at what either the US or the EU have been uh, enforcing in terms of penalties where, where companies are breached. So it's a challenging time to be a CIO or a CISO in this world. Well, and I think one of the things you know, we talk about a lot on this show is the idea of employee experience. And what a delightful experience to be able to give your customer, your your employees, uh, your internal customers, um, something for free that they can leverage and use. And then if they leave the company, that they can still continue to use. Because you know, and I know there's there's a there's a freemium product as well. But you know, the idea that you have this forcing function that hey, we're providing value to you is something that I think CIOs are looking for to be able to you know, add some value to the employees. You're, you're completely right, I think, and especially in a market like the US where there is, relatively speaking, uh, low unemployment. I think the, 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 the dynamics of the job market, in particular in the US, and that's even more true, of course, if you're talking about skilled workers, people working in technology, is that um, it, it's actually an employee's market today. Um, uh, uh, people, especially when they are qualified, get to pick and choose between two, three, four job offers. We see it, uh, uh, you know, we do a lot of recruiting at Dashlane and we see how challenging the job market is for employers. So 
as a company, and we see that all around us in companies of all sizes, have to invest a lot in providing a work environment, as you said, a, an employee experience that is compelling. And where we acknowledge the fact that the border between home and work is very different today than what it was 10 years ago. And, and that's where a product like Dashlane fits completely is that it is actually, you recognize that your employees are also, you know, consumers, that they're also people, that they have a life outside of work, and that by doing something for them at work that helps them, you know, be more productive and more secure at work, you can also have that benefit bleeding into their personal life. We even have companies where we put in place programs where all the family members of employees working for a company that has deployed Dashlane can benefit from a Dashlane subscription uh, for home. So for us, it makes a lot of sense to do that. And it is really a way for companies to give more value back to their employees. I want to talk about innovation at Dashlane. What are some of the things that you all do to stay cutting edge that you, you know, as CEO work on with your employees to be able to, you know, find and cultivate diverse talent to be able to, you know, build those skill sets and kind of keep that culture of innovation? So you've already used the more important word, the most important word, which is diverse or diversity. I think in my experience, the single biggest driver of innovation is diversity. The single biggest inhibitor of innovation is groupthink. And so part of my job is challenge the company at all levels to hire people from very diverse backgrounds, whether it's geographically, culturally, you know, professional experience, because it's that diversity that will make us come up with ideas we had not thought about before that's going to help us think outside the box. It's, you know, uh, uh, it's amazing how you change the dynamic of a group where all people are alike by just bringing one person who has a fundamentally different personal history. So that's number one. I think the, the second thing that you can do as a CEO to drive innovation has to do with, I would say, some of the, process, the, the processes through which you know, product is being designed, constructed, and, 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 and built. The way we operate at Dashlane, uh, and it's been an iterative process, we are constantly refining it, is that the, the teams who work on building and evolving product features, we actually call them mission teams, are given a, a lot of latitude in terms of what they build. We don't assemble a team to tell them, okay, we've put together a team, your goal is to build feature X and deliver it by this date. Uh, I think we are, we've gone are the days where that was the way to generate innovation because innovation rarely comes from the top. The way we operate with these mission teams is we tell them, actually, we don't tell them anything. A, a team starts assembling around the idea of impacting this business metric or that business metric. We are going to reduce early churn in our funnel from X to Y. They put together a plan to do so. and. They come to um, you know, the leadership team of the company with a proposal saying, okay, we have ideas to impact this metric. We need these resources. And if we approve their plan, we 
you know, give them a certain amount of resources for a certain amount of time to go after a certain business outcome. But at no time do we ask them to, do ex to, to describe exactly what they are going to do. We trust them with resources. We measure their progress towards the goal of moving these metrics from X to Y. But within that time frame, they choose how they work, what they work on, how they are going to impact it. The only checkpoint comes, you know, after one quarter and we have a quarterly cadence where we look at their progress and, you know, we decide jointly if the team should continue or, or disband. But within the boundaries of that quarter, they are totally autonomous in terms of what they work on within the resources they have been given. You went from working on Mars rovers, you worked in advertising, you worked in gaming, kind of seems like you've done it all. Why so passionate about security? I was not naturally passionate about security when we started Dashlane. My first attraction to this problem was the sheer enormity of the UX problem of the internet. You have 4 billion people using the internet who have to deal with this constantly and exponentially growing challenge of having to provide the same information everywhere, passwords, emails, credit cards, addresses. And it's a problem that is getting bigger and bigger every day, every week, every month, because we also have more devices, more services we interact with. So seeing this exploding problem that had no solution in sight, that clearly was not solved and still is not solved, uh, that is completely universal and also quite clearly that the tech giants were not in a good position to solve, that's what got me started. What we realized as we were going down that path is that when we were fixing some of the elements of the UX of the internet, typically credentials and logins and authentication, a massive side effect of our focus on UX was to actually fundamentally change the security of our end users. And so we sort of stumbled upon the fact that the easiest way to improve the security of the largest number of people was to actually fix the UX of the internet. That seems like it's uh, harder than it sounds. <laughs> In which sense? Fixing the UX of the internet, right? It, it seems like it's, uh, you know, we talk about big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, it seems like it's a big one. It's obviously something, you know, you seem very, you know, mission-driven and focused on this. Um, I'm curious, like, what gets us to, uh, to the third tattoo? What's next for Dashlane? So, one word, simplicity. Today, the main reason why there are not more people using our product is not because there are not enough people that need a product like this. Um, as I just said a few minutes ago, there's probably a high proportion of the 4 billion people that interact with the internet every day that need a product like this. So the obstacle to go from where we are to having 100 million users is not that the market is too small. We are our own worst enemy in that. We are our own obstacle in the sense that today our product is too complex for the vast majority of people. And in reality, the fact that our main competitor is a company I call Do Nothing, which is essentially individuals at home and at work 
um, continuing to operate the way they have always operated by ignoring the problem. So if you think about the main product of that company called Do Nothing, it's a very powerful product. It costs zero. You just ignore the problem. It's very easy to use. Again, you do nothing. You just ignore the problem. And you already know how to use it. So that is who we are competing with. And uh, it's a very formidable competitor. That's why we decided to raise this large round of equity from uh, Sequoia Capital in May. But the way you defeat a competitor like that is you change the trade-off in the mind of the consumer. Today, it is simpler to do nothing and ignore the problem. Our mission, our challenge is to actually make it simpler to use Dashlane than to use nothing. And if we do that, then getting to 100 million users is not going to be very difficult. What's really difficult is to get to a level of simplicity where everyone can use our product. When I think, and I love the idea of the competitor being do nothing, it's like when, uh, in, a, in a totally different way, when Reed Hastings said uh, that his competitor is sleep. Um, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, I think this is different because, uh, similar but different, in the sense that, you have a huge advantage in that businesses have to do this anyways. Like, you know, yes. does does my mom need to do this? No, she's content doing nothing and that's not safe, but you know, that's the reality. My mom my mom is protected though, the hackers that are listening. Um, but I think that the average, you know, you do have that. But as the younger generation joins the workforce and it is required of people to be able to do this. And we do start to be able to figure out that there's no separation of church and state between your business accounts and your personal accounts. And everyone is using passwords for both. That is happening. We all know that. Um, you do have an advantage that do nothing is not an option when you're in a corporation uh, anymore. It shouldn't be. You're you're hundred percent right. And in fact, when you think about some of the requirements that exist today for public companies, uh, for instance, public companies have to have antiviruses as part of uh, you know, the, 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 the IT measures they deploy to protect themselves. It's, it's almost a requirement. It's a fine requirement, but it's a requirement that is you know, probably 10 or 15 years outdated. Again, as I explained earlier, today the, the threat vectors have changed. The data is not anymore on the endpoint. The data is in the cloud. It's only protected by the credentials you use. And so I think even from a regulatory standpoint, it seems to me that it's only a matter of time until companies above a certain size are actually required by law to deploy identity management and password management solutions. And um, if it doesn't come through law, it's going to come through insurance. Their, uh, you know, their breach insurances are not going to want to cover them if they have not done these very simple things. So you are totally right in saying that here we are in an environment where do nothing will not remain an option for very long. Yeah, I in the military we used to call it a forcing function. Um, yes, where right is it's, we use uh, that in the in the business world too. Well, yeah, there you go. I feel like it's like everything is a forcing function in the military because <laughs> um, it is this thing that that we're going to require all of employees to do, and that that allows that group of people to be able to uh, level up and protect themselves better, and like ultimately the corporation 
can easily assist in that. And it doesn't matter what level worker you are, uh, what your scope of work is from the CEO down to, uh, you know, whatever, everybody needs to be protected, right? Like there's no, uh, everyone that, that democratization of security is, is hypercritical. It absolutely is because oftentimes when you look at what happens when big breaches are revealed, the attack vector, the credential that was uh, stolen, by the way, 90% of all important breaches in companies are somewhat related to credentials. That credential is rarely the credential of the CEO or the CFO. It is just the credential of someone that had access to some system uh, that may not have been the highest paid employee in the company, but the, <laughs> the impact of a breach on their account has had reverberation throughout the entire company. All right, let's get into lightning round. These questions are fast and easy, just like the experience building on the Salesforce platform. We love Salesforce platform. You will too. Check them out. Go to salesforce.com to learn more about lightning fast experience. You can build mobile apps. You can do all sorts of great stuff. Check them out. Lightning round questions. Emmanuel, are you ready? I am. Number one, what app are you using on your phone that is most fun? The Zwift app for cycling. What is your favorite thing to cook or eat? My favorite thing to cook is a big, thick porterhouse. What is your favorite vacation spot? My favorite vacation spot is one I've not had a chance to go to, but it's still my favorite. It's actually Patagonia in South America. Ooh, that's a good one. Haven't heard that one yet. That's a good one. Um, how about favorite book or podcast that you've read or listened to recently? My favorite book in the last 12 months is one that many, many people have read. It's a book called Sapiens. Yeah, it's so good. What technology are you most excited about for the future of technology that's not security related? We're going to go outside security. Broadly speaking, it's the application of AI to natural language processing, whether it's written or spoken. And the applications go from, you know, changing UI and UX, uh, UI and UX of systems to translation to, uh, so that's going to be very, very meaningful in the next 10 years, much more so than autonomous driving. What is your best advice for a first time CEO? Get advice from many people, but always take in with a grain of salt and never follow it blindly because everything is different. What question do you never get asked that you wish you were asked more often? Why? Why are you doing all this? Exactly. I think that's the most interesting question, but people rarely ask why. So what's the answer? Well, in the case of Dashlane, the, the, the answer is People, there is nothing more exhilarating than building a team, seeing people grow, learn new things, uh, solving problems collectively that none of us could have solved individually. That's, that's the why. It's because people. Well, we are so excited to help get you that third tattoo. That's, uh, that is going to be one of my priorities going forward is, uh, I want to see, I want to see the visible, uh, uh, hundred million tattoo. We're excited for everything you're doing to, uh, to protect us here. 
Um, it's fun stuff. Emmanuel, any final thoughts or any, uh, anything to leave our listeners with? No, just to say that it was a true pleasure to be with you today. Uh, and I'm ready to do that anytime in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to Seth Farbman who made the, made the intro, who we just absolutely. published his episode of, uh, on marketing trends, uh, two parter. We went two hours with Seth. He's, he's amazing. So shout out to him for, uh, for making the connection. Yes. I, um, I have the privilege to have Seth on the board and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's been super impactful already. Awesome. Thanks so much. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye. IT Visionaries is created by the team at mission.org and brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Build connected experience, empower every employee, and deliver continuous innovation with the customer at the center of everything you do. Learn more at salesforce.com slash platform.